Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News, the newspaper of record, both online and in print, for Parksville Qualicum Beach and the surrounding communities. Visit us online at pqbnews.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to PQ Beat. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the PQB News and VI Free Daily. The emergency programs for the city of Parksville and the town of Qualicum Beach work in unison to provide large-scale emergency support and disaster service to residents of the PQB area. EMO provides professional 24-7 emergency support and has the capacity to develop and undertake preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery planning. Joining us today to talk about all things EMO, we have Aaron Dawson, Emergency Program Coordinator for Parksville, and Rob Damon, Emergency Program Coordinator for Qualicum Beach. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Can you give us some background information on EMO? EMO, Emergency Management Oceanside, was spawned from a need to have consistency through the northern half of the regional district of Nanaimo. Philip, if you lived in Qualicum and you phoned me for emergency management information, I'd have to refer you to Rob and Qualicum. And chances are, a lot of times, people weren't phoning back or phoning the next person. They'd give up on it. So by having a consistent message and a consistent program, I could take the call for Rob. Rob could take the call for me. We could get that information to you, and hopefully you start to get prepared the way we need you to get prepared. And planning and coordination ahead of events, uh, we, we, we share resources across our region. So the more that we can plan and exercise and prepare ahead of events, we can provide a more fluid and consistent service to our whole community. Now, we'll start with Aaron for this one. How did you come into your current role and what was your background? Uh, Interesting question. I came to the city of Parksville in 2006. I came from the Fraser Valley Regional District, although I'm an islander. I went away to experience, come back to the island. I started at the city of Parksville as the only bylaw officer, and the last line of my job description was emergency coordination, and it has grown from there into a role where where we sit today. I also have background experience. I did work for the BC Ambulance Service as a paramedic for 12 years, and that has helped me understand what goes on on the ground, so that when we look at the bigger picture of support, I've got an idea of what's happening. Yeah, I've, I've been with the town of Qualicum Beach for 15 years, worked in public works prior to the opportunity to uh, start a emergency program with the town of Qualicum Beach. Uh, again, it was an area that was run off the corner of a, a fire chief's desk and wasn't necessarily getting the full attention that, uh, that the council and the, the modern times were asking for. So uh, with the increased demand from the public, we did start it up in Qualicum Beach, and uh, now we're eight years into having a full program and developed it into the partnership with uh, the City of Parksville under Emergency Management Oceanside. Something we're all obviously dealing with is the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. How has the role of EMO changed during that time? You know, the pandemic did create some challenges for us at the beginning. When we planned for supporting events in the past, we opened up quite often what's called Emergency Operations Center, EOC. It's always been a physical location where we are able to bring staff together to support an event. Pandemic, of course, uh, working from home, working remotely, 
this created challenges for us and that we had to open up a, a virtual EOC. So we did support it with a location where we were sharing information out of, but working with 17 of our EOC staff from the city of Parksville and the town of Pelican Beach, all of those 17 were working in different locations and virtually. So this really changed how we look at uh, supporting an event, and we had to adapt quite quickly in uh, supporting those staff members while supporting the two local governments. It, it worked really well. It showed us that we can manage it, an emergency event virtually. What it did create for both Rob and I was a ton of work because whereas you can look around a room and, and you can key on people and you can find out what's going on quite quickly, now we've either got to pick up the phone and dial a phone and hope somebody's going to pick it up or send an email. So it slowed things down, worked well though. And one other challenge that we had was we do a lot of public outreach. How do we stay engaged with our community groups, our neighborhood programs, our block watch programs? So Zoom. So we adapted and we started offering virtual workshops on emergency preparedness. The community took to them and supported them very well, and we were quite busy. So it was a real success. Uh, again, we're, we're looking forward to getting back in person, but we will keep that uh, certainly as an option for our community groups as well. You mentioned challenges. Are there any different type of challenges that are presented in Parksville and Qualicum Beach? We have what's called a Hazard Risk Vulnerability Assessment, or HRVA. A renewal of that was completed in 2019. What that identified was all the different hazards that could affect the region, uh, whether it's Parksville or Qualicum or the surrounding area. There's 53 hazards that were identified in that. The main hazards are still things like wildfire, wildfire, um, Extreme weather events. Earthquake, though. Well, earthquakes now further down the list because it hasn't happened in a long time. But more so, what Rob and I key on now are things like the wildfire season. We are anticipating things like uh, heavy rainfall and winds this winter because that's what we're hearing from the potential from Environment Canada. And other challenges that we, we recognized early in developing these programs, or EMO, was that we both are limited on resources. So when you take two small municipalities uh, that are having to maintain government operations through emergencies, and as well as supporting an event, by combining and working under Emergency Management Oceanside, we now can collaborate and share resources. So, you know, taking those two small communities, combining them, we've, we've really built the capacity for the whole region. You find the challenges are different in each of the communities, or are they mostly the same? We share a, a very similar challenges. Again, being small communities, we collaborate uh, quite frequently. And, and other than a few differences in the HRVA process that might raise the level of some events uh, in Parksville versus Qualicum Beach or vice versa, there really are the same challenges. Your organization has done everything from help a family get squared away with accommodations after a fire to providing support with wildfires, as you mentioned, this summer. How different can the day-to-day -day activities be? You know, before we sat down to have this discussion, we said to you that if something happens, we'd have to leave. And and that's how our days go. We come in and we look at our long-term projects. Uh, we get everything organized to go day-to-day. Do we have presentations to do? Do we have people to talk to? Do we have consultants to, to work with? And then if we get a call across our phone, do, if we get a notification from the fire department that something's happening, we have to drop everything and go. So on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, there really is no plan for a day. You know, the pandemic really changed our whole focus for the 2020 and beyond. And so where our attention turned towards supporting the pandemic, working with Island Health, working with uh, EMBC in the province and the BCCDC, uh, it did take us away from what we would call maybe normal spring and summer activities for 2020. But the wildfire season came after that, and we were asked for deployments, and that, again, 
quickly changed and we had to uh, adapt to the requests across the province to send resources uh, to communities in support of the wildfire. Buying a home is an important milestone. Find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com. Powered by Black Press Media. With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com. Are there any emergencies that tend to crop up more than others? I, I think what we're seeing now, these extreme weather events, uh, the windstorm of 2018 was a great example. The city of Campbell River got hit by flash floods this year. Uh, we're seeing these extreme weather events crop up more and more. Uh, that is the pattern that we expect, and we've been told by Environment Canada and, and the uh, subject matter experts around these events, is that we will continue to see these. So the power outages that are associated with it, the down trees, uh, therefore maybe uh, blocking access into some of our communities. So these are the events that we expect, and uh, that's why those events on our HRBA have reached uh, high up on the list, and they're, they're ones that we definitely plan for. In, in addition to that, we have seen a trend this year, which we're hoping is just a, an anomaly, uh, where we might get somewhere around 10 to 20 structure fires in a year where residents are requiring support. We're over 30 already this year. So that that's really stood out to us. Our volunteers have been on the go all year long supporting people that are displaced by structure fire, and hopefully that's an anomaly number, but I guess next year will tell us. Is there any reasoning behind it? You know, our region is increasing. The growth is happening. The population is growing. So, you know, as we do welcome more residents into our region, we're going to see more of these events happen. You mentioned volunteers, and they play a key role with EMO. Can you tell us a little bit about what they do and how someone might go about volunteering themselves? love that question because <laughs> it's so important to us, recruitment and retention. Uh, we have approximately 70 volunteers across two volunteer groups. The OESS, Oceanside Emergency Support Services, and OECT, the Oceanside Emergency Communications Team. Communications Team does just that. They communicate on our behalf, whether that's amateur radio in a dire place where we have no ability to communicate with conventional forms, down to uh, walking across a room with a piece of paper to deliver a message. Our ESS team, uh, they are the people that go out and support you if your house is burned to the ground and you need some support whether you're insured or not. If you're not insured, you're entitled to 72 hours of support from the province. That's clothing, lodging, and essentials. Our teams are trained, educated, and they can go out and look after all of those people. That's a key component for us because if we're going to do the high end of preparing uh, for our communities, we don't necessarily have the time to do that on the ground thing. So without the volunteers, we have a real problem. Yeah, so wildfires are, are another great example. We talked about how our team deploys. And so when we look uh, across the you know recent seasons, 2017, 18, this year, you're talking tens of thousands of residents that are displaced. It's the ESS teams that will open up the reception centers and support these displaced residents. Locally, we do have uh, equipped, ready-to-go reception centers. Our teams are trained on not only the supplies, but the locations, so they can activate these locations within a couple hours and support residents. 2018 windstorm was an example. I believe it was uh, 336 residents that we supported over the course of five days for that event, and that was done at a reception center with the support of ESS. Search, browse, buy. 
Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across BC, the best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. If someone wants to volunteer, how do they go about that? So they can either contact myself at the City of Parksville, or they can contact Rob. They can go at, at the town of Pelican Beach. They can go to our emergencyoceanside.ca website. And in there is the contact information. And what we would do is put those people to Chris James, who's our volunteer coordinator. We have a system in place that would get them registered and get them up and running. And we encourage any resident that wants to volunteer with us to please contact us. As I said, we can't do this alone. We need volunteers. We could never have enough. In terms of preparing for emergencies, how have you found the residents here in PQB? And what are some of the key things that people should absolutely do? You know, I'd say our residents do take preparedness very seriously. We've seen a real increase in the want to have personal preparedness education, neighborhood preparedness education, neighbors working with neighbors. We try to reach out to our associations, community clubs, groups, any channel that we can find. But we also really rely on those residents to reach out to us and to take advantage of the support that we can provide. We can do training sessions uh, on personal preparedness, on neighborhood preparedness. We work with our partners in the Block Watch program where we can do crime prevention awareness. And those programs dovetail together. Reach out to us. Again, contact us. We are happy to set up right now Zoom sessions, hopefully in the future, where we can set up in-person sessions again. We can provide education on hazard-specific and fire-smart prevention, how you can do some fire-smart practices around your house. These are the, all the things that we really enjoy getting out and doing with the public, but we do ask the public, you know, reach out to us too. We want to hear from you, and we want to be there to help you and support you. I think one of the keys that we talk about when we do public presentations for people in the urgency about how we want people to get prepared is because when something larger happens when something more major happens our focus is going to have to be on making it safe for first responders saving lives and reducing suffering it's those essential things we talked about before the lodging and clothing and food so with that if people are prepared but they're not displaced you can look after yourself and we can focus in on the people that really need the help and not have to worry about you so that's why we really need people to get prepared. We look at lessons learned around the province too. And when we've, we've seen the wildfire events and Prochette events over the last few years, and, and what are we learning from those? Is unfortunately, a lot of residents are not prepared with the simple supplies like in a grab-and-go bag, which gives them their ability to recover faster and, and puts them in a better place, not relying so much on the services that the province can provide, but they're able to provide those services and, and get set up for themselves. So. We want to see our community build that resiliency in their own home, in their neighborhoods, for our whole community. It really builds up resiliency, and then we can better off support the ones that really need it. Now remind us one more time how people can contact you for tips, assistance, or anything else. Emergencyoceanside.ca. You can contact me, Aaron, at the City of Parksville. You can contact Rob at the Town of Falcon Beach. We would love to hear from you, and we encourage you to contact us for whatever reason. Aaron, Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks Our for the pleasure. Opportunity. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, 
pqbnews.com. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.